Hi, this is Max from Rhapsody, a part of the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network. Every podcast in the network is written, recorded, and edited by Hopewell Valley students. The views and opinions expressed in these shows are the opinions of the host and may not represent the opinion of HVRSD. For more student-generated digital content, go to the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. Today's episode is the Connect the Dots, where I'll be exploring the overall whimsical and unique style of Neil Ciceriga, also known as Lemon Demon. Now, onto the show. For today's podcast episode, I'll be examining three songs by Neil Ciceriga, the first one being Lifetime Achievement Award. This song is actually about a musician that's been brought from the dead to play again as a sort of twisted reward for being accomplished in their musical career. A common pattern in Lemon Demon's songs is that they're often quite specific. Um, not very abstract. I mean, uh, they become ex- abstract, but the basic idea of it is typically, you know, while odd, relatively straightforward. Uh, instances of where this is referenced is when uh, he says things like you're buried, you're dead, uh, and then he goes on to kind of call back with that's being revised as if, you know, they're revising the death of the uh, uh, musician. And uh, this is kind of a reference to the fact that um, uh, it was an eight-year wait for this album that this came out with. And people were uh, kind of harping him on it, I think, a little bit. So it's kind of a nice nod to that. So this song, as you can probably hear, uses a lot of different instruments for the voicing. It has the flute in the intro, uses that 80s sounding synth, it uses a guitar synth, and it has a vocal melody, which is pretty common among his different songs. Is that It's typically a vocal melody. Um, except for maybe some small bridge portion or something like that, like a typical kind of song. Um, uh, and this song is also kind of meant to be like mysterious and intense and frantic, which is probably why the A sounding synth kind of maybe as a nod to Thriller has been kind of theorized. So a common trend in his songs is actually that they're kind of theory complex. This th- uh, this song is an E minor, and it flips to G major for extremely b- brief patches, which is the relative major to E minor. Um, and it has an intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, outro structure. Kind of, you know, kind of a basic kind of structure, but um, its basic chord progression is a one, 
to a 5 to a 2 to a 4 for the verse and a 1 to a 5 to a 7 to a 6 for the chorus. So the distance with the E minor and those chord progressions that have been chosen for the beginning of those sections helps contribute to the feeling of kind of a frantic, uh, mysterious kind of uh, feeling because it's minor, which means that it's a little bit negative. And it also, these chords are also playing very quickly over kind of very fast-paced notes with that very frantic sort of instrumentation. Next up is Touch Tone Telephone. So this is another song with a pretty wacky premise. Uh, this one is actually about uh, a conspiracy theorist trying to convince a radio host and like the listeners of his theories. So he makes like a bunch of references in this song to things like uh, cons different conspiracy theories like uh, ancient aliens and UFOs and stuff like that. And he also uses kind of stereotypical conspiracy theorist convincing tactics like I'm an expert, you know, I'm the one with the truth, you know, you need to believe me over everybody else, that kind of thing. And it's kind of satirizing that whole thing in the actual song itself. So the voicing in this song is mostly vocals, but they also use synthetic strings in the background as kind of their backing. Uh, and they also use synth and piano and drums like in the other songs as well. But the strings really stick out in this one because they're not really used in any of his other songs that I've heard. Uh, and this song is kind of meant to me to be more frantic and kind of mysterious. Uh, similar to the last one, but without the darker aspect that the last one had. This song is actually also quite musically complex. It's composed in C minor, but it has a lot of accidentals interspersed throughout the piece to try and make it like sound a little bit more major. Uh, so, you know, trying to make it sound like C major instead of C minor for like brief instances. Uh, and um, it has a uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Kind of thing and then an outro kind of thing at the end which you know pretty similar to a lot of his other songs in structure um the basic chord progression for both the chorus and the verse is a six to a three to a one to a five to a one This chord progression is kind of unique because it's starting on 6, which is kind of a weird one to start on, and then it's going to 3, which is the same uh, 
chord as the one chord for the relative major chord. So they're kind of making it sound like the relative major. But then they go back to the 1-5-1 one, one to really hammer home the C minor. You know, there's no mistaking this for something else, but they do make it sound major in a lot of po points, which makes it a bit interesting. It gives it a unique type of variety that I think a lot of other songs are lacking. Third and finally, we have Cabinet Man. song in keeping with the trend of kind of wacky ideas behind these song these songs um, this one is about the rise and fall of arcade machines through the perspective of a sentient arcade machine that uh, you know it kind of makes fun of it with by saying things like uh, it, it eats quarters it uh, breathes change um, kids line up along the streets to play it and it can't be beat like many of those old arcade games meant to just suck down quarters as fast as possible. So this song is made up of a couple of different instruments. Um, there's a couple of different types of synth. There's like the regular dr uh, droning tones that kind of just make up like some of the backing uh, harmonies, but then there's also like a beeping that I think is kind of meant to be kind of electrical in keeping with the theme of, you know, an arcade machine. Um, there's also the vocals, again, carrying the melody, low guitar in some stretches, and electric guitar in some sections, uh, and drums with the electric guitar. Uh, and this is kind of meant to be kind of somewhat whimsical, but also a little bit, I think, sarcastic, because as we can hear uh, in the end, um, the arcade machine kind of uh, becomes irrelevant with the invention of home consoles like the NES or the SNES, um, kind of making them outdated and kind of ends with the arcade machine like dying after the uh, arcade it's in is vandalized. So this song is probably the most musically odd out of all the songs that I've gone over so far. This one is written in B-flat Lydian, which is essentially just F major, but instead of starting on 1 or F, you start on 4 or B-flat. And that essentially behaves like B-flat major, but with the 4 raised a half step. Uh, and that kind of makes the whole thing have an in a different sound than you could get from really just major or minor. And he does it really well by like reinforcing the B-flat as the tonic tone, like the bass tone, a lot. 
Um, and that can be shown in the chord progression, which is a one, two, five, five, two, and then back to a one. And that kind of loops over and over again is a really good way to just kind of solidify that Lydian uh, sound. This piece has a uh, verse, chord, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus uh, structure, which is not exactly um, outside of a lot of the things that he does. He's kind of done a similar thing for all three of these songs. Um, but this one, uh, this one is very strange. It, it's not as like polar one emo one like negative versus positive emotions like the other ones were this one's kind of more sarcastic almost so he's using Lydian to make it really really uh kind of happy and upbeat this song is very upbeat I'd say um uh and it um he kind of does that through having this very major very upbeat key um, but it also makes it just more interesting because he's doing stuff that not a lot of people tend to use and he's using it quite well. It's not like uh, you think it's some other key. It's very clearly Lydian. You hear it and uh, when you uh, hear a lot of like Lydian scales and stuff and you study a lot of that, uh, you can tell it's Lydian. And then you look at the sheet music and you're like, oh, this is Lydian. You know, there's not really a whole lot of mistaking it, which is actually a pretty difficult thing to do, and he pulls it off very effectively. Thanks for listening, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at HVA Rhapsody for all the latest updates on new episodes and link to all our podcasts, blogs, and blogs. Thank you. Mm -hmm.